Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with Kevin Heisinger. Kevin Heisinger, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on. I follow you everywhere on Twitter. Let's check you out here. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. On Twitter, you are Kevin underscore Heisinger, H-E-I Singer. And then um, Instagram, you're a big fucking stud. You are Kevin Heisinger there as well, um, without the underscore. Um, Graduated. And then, yeah, so... <laughs> so then you're also midnight move midnight movie night where you are i mean you just have a right. world world-class popular podcast where you're making fun of bad movies is that correct that is me yeah uh, we started during quarantine and made things slightly less miserable during 2020 yeah okay. it worked out it worked out better i love recording through zoom i think it it helped me not only meet new people in la but i also like because i just moved here from sacramento and i was able to stay in touch with them and also review the bad movies and have them as guests so it's been oh, cool. a lot of fun is megan sweet is she also la she actually uh about sacramento. halfway through recording the podcast uh she's actually in new jersey and oh. i promoted her to co-host she uh, her and i just have a really great what do you call it like i feel like i'm the howard stern and she's what's her name grace the, the robin chick Robin, there you go. And we Did just you say Grace. Did you say Grace? <laughs> I don't know why I said. Uh, I just went in thinking that was her name, but it's so elegant and graceful. I think that's a good compliment. <laughs> but yeah, I'll have to have, I'll have to have Megan Sweet on because we have some Jersey comics on. So uh, she's a comic. Go. She's a comic too. So yeah, comedians plural. Ke- comedians Kevin Heisinger and Megan E. Sweet discuss the most enjoyably bad movies of all time. What makes a movie enjoyably bad? That's a great question. I um. <laughs> I'm kind of a film buff and I was really bored at a certain point a few years ago just watching all these good movies. I just want to watch something <laughs> bad. And there's so many different elements, you know, it really has to I think my number one is a movie that's trying to be great, okay. but failing miserably. You know for what example? I mean? Just trying, for example, I mean, like the most obvious one, probably The Room is was trying to shoot for the Oscar. Oh, The then, Room. Okay. With the Tom yeah. Rizzo movie. Okay. That or I think my favorite my personal favorite is definitely Showgirls, where she was really going for that Oscar, but just failing in such a beautiful way. That I'm not just failing, but failing amazingly. Yeah, I recall so. enjoying it as a young boy. I think I'm pretty old. Um, now, what's this kind of what's the different, you know, so if that's one category, what's the second category of what makes a bad movie enjoyable? There's so many things. It's really just just the craziness just the fact that they would write a script of characters doing horrible things okay but they make it seem so nonchalant like it's so (laughs) this is this is normal behavior right you know or this is cool right just the things just just the thought process really and that's an example of people ask acting like and i guess it's like a seinfeld where you know, if you took every awful thing that they did on Seinfeld and actually just kind of made it a true thing, it like these people be locked up. And I mean, if they ultimately were. So what's kind of an example of the movie where people are acting so horribly and it's as if the world, you know, the world just goes yeah. on as if that's normal behavior. Yeah, there's this little movie that came out a while ago with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez called Geely, which okay. I think is the prime example where they tried to make it a romantic comedy. Okay. And this lead guy is so insufferable. He's this mafioso based borderline torturing and killing people. But that's he's supposed to be likable. We don't get any reason as to why. He just it's not Ben Affleck, to... is it? Ben Affleck doesn't play the mobster. Yeah, Ben Affleck is the lead mobster guy. And the whole plot of the movie is him and J-Lo. Wow, this is what a peak of them dating they were so hot over the tabloids they so the whole plot is they kidnap this mentally handicapped kid (sighs) 
and are supposed to kill him at some point. And over the course of kidnapping him, they realize that they love each other, I guess. I don't know. Really. What about the kid? I mean, do they love the kid or no? He's just <laughs> No, he's just kind of there. It's really. <laughs> they awkward. never wrap it up. <laughs> no, they ended up just kind of releasing him into a wild at the end. So, and they, there's a there's a movie that's supposed to be this twisted, dark comedy, but they just were really trying to capitalize on Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. It was just. Oh, no. Just everything about it. I mean, it's so just not. It was trying to be a dark comedy with the things that people do, and they just thought this is quirky, right? This is normal behavior. It's just these two mafia leaders just kidnapping this poor kid with Down syndrome, oh, no. and it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, not funny. Very poor taste. But I did end up really enjoying it. We did that for Valentine's Day, and oh, now that's we funny. are. And it, yeah, is there a third? Is, that's that's I love it. The movie's in poor taste. You're going well. Let's do it on Valentine's Day then, because it's you know the reason yeah. for it being there is because of those two lovers. Is there a third? class like uh, if you can generalize you know to a third class are you able to like a third class yeah. of bad movies yeah yeah um so yeah i just the big thing which uh, <laughs> just last night actually my girlfriend and i just watched there's these types of movies that think not only like the second category would be this is normal behavior right and my third and probably favorite category are movies saying this is cool right like this is hip Okay. This is what the kids are going to love. There's this right. unspoken, there's this trilogy of uh, disco musicals back when disco was kind of dying, but they try to keep it alive. And I don't okay. know if you know this, but the village people made a musical okay. and it was their biopic called Can't Stop the Music. It has uh, Steve Gutenberg and uh, Caitlyn Jenner back when she was Bruce Jenner. Oh, that's awesome. And, Steve Gutenberg is amazing. So he, he that yeah. was a star vehicle huh? after what? That was uh, his police academy. First, his first big role, I think, right before Police Academy. Oh, wow. And it is this and uh, Xanadu and this other movie I just watched called The Apple. It's like this trilogy of disco musicals. So I think it's probably my, just they were trying so hard to make disco cool and their rollerblading and just the outfits. And last yeah. night it's on a Paramount Plus, this movie called The Apple, which is insane, which is this disco musical. They made it in 1980. It's supposed to set in the future of 1994, but everyone is dressed ridiculously 80s and yeah. the musical number, the songs are terrible. Okay. The outfits are terrible. But is it and, knowing? But, like, are you careful to make sure that you're not picking on movies that are intentionally bad? Like you're not going after a, oh, a naked gun or a parody, right? Definitely not. That was okay. the number one thing because there's yeah. movies like Sharknado or all those straight yes. to video Megalodon versus octopus whatever yeah this really stupid b movies that know they're stupid it really just that's what i've been trying to avoid since day one and it's Good. been working no i definitely i do have a list of movies of just the essential bad core and it's always yeah that's the number one is movies that are trying to be amazing movies okay. that are trying to be cool <laughs> and failing miserably is what i'm really going for because if it's just stuff like shark Night, it was just stupid you know it's just Sharks running around tornadoes. I've only seen the first one and it was just dumb because it's self-aware. I'm trying to avoid that at all costs. I'm yeah. trying to do like the horror movies that are trying to be scary and fail miserably. That's another one of my favorites. Okay. So what what's one of those? Oh, if so and putting it was on the my spot. favorite when we first yeah, I it is my favorite. Every October I try to do four to five bad horror movies for the entire month. And God, where to begin? I mean, The Exorcist 2 was pretty amazing. They tried Linda to Blair be scary, was, and it wasn't. 
Oh, not even a little bit. They okay. don't have her dressed like the demon at all. Okay. It's basically her using hypnosis and this telekinetic communication with this doctor. <laughs> and it's basically, it's not scary in the slightest, and it has little to nothing to do with the first one. And, and did, did I hear you say Blair Witch or no? And I hope one of the paranormal activities is on there because I was like, or what was that one where they actually, um, it was called, it was the guy from... Um, it was the guy from Superstore who looks like Chachi, the young guy. He was in yeah. a horror movie that actually got really good reviews. And it turns out like you, you kept waiting for everything scary to happen. Like there was a little bit of a descent in there with the cave creatures. And they ended up just coming out the other end of the world in Paris. They just opened a manhole and that was the end of the movie. And I was like, there, uh, nothing happened. Like, I don't know if you remember uh, that one, but just like, did you say Blair Witch? And, per, you know, is there a paranormal activity on there too? Because I actually walked on a lot of those. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I gave up. I love the first paranormal activity. Yes. I think maybe the second or third one, I were really bad. And yeah. I just gave up. So I don't, yeah. I don't know how it goes. I don't know if it's so bad. It's good, right? Those seems kind of just like shameless cash grabs. They're just yeah. not even trying. It's just jump scares. We did do the second Blair Witch because that was trying really hard. Yeah. to just capitalize on the success of the first one and just, yeah, I thought one was solid. Yeah, but number two is just a little bit. Yeah, it's, um, it was insane. It but in, but in the best ways, because it is just, it's crazy. It does not make a lick of sense. And it's just, again, trying really hard to be scary, but it's mostly just leaves you scratching your head. It really isn't. And then the paranormal, they did actually do a third Blair Witch not too long ago. And that ended up, interestingly enough, being kind of like paranormal activity when they were ones where it's just stupid and it's just jump scares, you know? That's the shit that really... scares. That's the shit that scares me, though. Like, oh, like, like I probably can say, yeah, yeah. Well, no, like the, that's why I don't like horror movies because it's typically, uh, you know, jump scares or whatever. I'd rather. What was the one where um, it got the what people would follow? It's called it follows. Like that did yeah, not have I like jump scares, one. and I liked it a lot. Like so, it's well reviewed, and so I'll go see it. And I, I really like the creepy ass visual. So that's something that I can actually enjoy without being too scared. And so, yeah, it follows as one of those. Now, now, now that you're getting, you know, I think you do write scripts, or you're in the process of kind of, you know, finishing up. Trying to, yeah. yeah. So, like now that you have um, found out everything that's shitty about the shittiest movies, you kind of know what to avoid, but. I mean, are you tempted to put some of that stuff in there and just make a really successful, super, you know, intentionally bad movie? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I'm trying to make something good or just something weird. I've been in between projects forever. My girlfriend and I are actually trying to do a TV show right now. So we're starting small a little bit, but we definitely know we're kind of just using real life experiences that we've had and just incorporating it into our scripts and just kind of starting small from here on out. I haven't really necessarily... I, from the podcast, I would say I definitely learned what not to do in a lot of senses and just have a really solid direction as opposed to just, you know, going for it. Yeah. And, and so not biting off more than you can chew, making sure yeah. that you're just, you know, it's just not a cash, you know, not a cash grab, that you're not trying to be too cool and do it for the kids. I think, you know, Letterman used to, inter, you know, introduce certain bands or whatever, saying it was for the kids. And I think he was trying to say, I have no idea who these fucking people are, but, the, you know, Paul exactly. Schaefer thinks it's a good idea to have them on there. And so you, you know what not to do, but then, you know, you've seen all these movies, you know that um, you could go in any, any direction. There's probably many plots and many worlds you're interested in, in exploring on film. How do you right. choose what's worth your time? Like, is it, is it because, okay, me and my girlfriend can do it, so we'll focus on things that have kind of happened to us and things that resonate with us? You just want to enjoy making the film and that authenticity will kind of translate to the audience. 
Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I do. We both do love horror movies. I'm trying to maybe do little horror comedies because. Oh, so it might not necessarily just be a relationship thing. It might be a horror, horror rom-com. Yeah, I mean, we're going to start with this comedy show that we're working on right now. But I do want to branch off. It's going to I'm trying to be like Jordan Peele. You know, he started with Keaton Peele and did little sketch comedy. But his true, you know, passion was horror. And you can even see it in some of the Key and Peele sketches. They're kind of creepy and there's definitely a creepy element to them. So I do kind of want to do that a little bit. Just incorporate that little sprinkle the horror elements on my show. And then gradually maybe working on our scripts. I know she has a script that's fully fleshed and we both have a bunch of ideas. It's just, it's a tough time with the pandemic and everything. And I also just have a lot of discipline issues just sitting down and writing a script. It's really, it's not my strong suit. I've, I, I, like writing but i also hate it i don't know it's really dude you should you should really like add kirsten porter on earlier today and she's with something called deadline junkies la and i swear to god they said something like they produce three scripts every day between monday or something and one day is like comedy day and like she you know they just bang out so much shit that she's already kind of you know nearly (laughs) nearly submitting a big you know 10 minute uh short that's really funny um and so like, do you think, yeah, do you think that being part of a writer's group could help if you're not already part of one just to kind of keep you disciplined oh, or no? Oh, most definitely. The biggest problem I have right now is deadline issue. I don't have a deadline and I have zero discipline to do it. There's no real motivator for me. It's just kind of something I would like to do, but to be in a group. Yeah, that would definitely be great, especially because only short films I've made recently was because I was in film school and it was a yeah. final, you know, I had to. So I was the only reason I went out and I did it. And then ever since then, it's just been kind of just dicking around, not really doing that much because I don't have a deadline. There's no reason for me to other than I would like to. But right yeah. now I am helping her with her show. So it's going to be yeah, a deadline. But I would love to join some sort of writing group. Yeah, because you know, maybe that's the most expensive lesson you learned from film school is that, oh, I needed the deadline. That's all I needed <laughs> to get. That's all. Done. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> discipline. And that's all I really. Yeah, it's just having a final and having to do something by a certain date. I know my sister and her friends do a thing where they set a deadline and if they don't reach it and have a certain number of pages or a full on flesh novel, or at least a first draft by a certain date, they have to do something embarrassing, like donate a lot of money to a charity that they hate or something. Oh, it's really, and, I know, cause I don't, yeah. It, like Nathan Fielder had a whole thing like that. Did you ever watch that Nathan for you? Oh yeah, I watched. I watched a couple of his episodes, like the Starbucks uh, and things. He was just great. I mean, he was so it, he sold it so sincerely. Yeah, he really he sets deadlines for himself where he takes a really embarrassing picture of himself <laughs> doing something really graphic, and he goes to the UPS <laughs> and he has his grandma's address, and he says, "If I don't show you a first draft of my script in maybe two weeks, then you have to mail this to my grandma." And that's. <laughs> And that's how he motivates himself. And I just got to applaud him. It's, I did not, I learned about this a while ago. I don't have the guts to actually go through with it because I feel like I would still slack off. You were but, actually thinking about that. You are like, ah, oh, that picture's not that graphic. You yeah. go ahead and say, I'm, not, I'm not that proud. Yeah. And I think um, like we have this something called Character Sundays where we produce, I don't know, five or six short videos a week. Oh, nice. And um, But what you do find is what I think they found with Deadline Junkies for Kirsten Porter is that you find out that a lot of people indicate an interest, but it's that regular deadline that kind of shakes out some of the people you know they have a lot of other things going on and they don't you know they don't thrive on the right. deadlines where some people are like i really enjoy the challenge of like making a short video per week 
And, um, right, right, right. and so like, you really find that some people shake out, you know, maybe some people shake out because, Hey, you already have a successful podcast, Kevin High Singer, and you know, like right. that's too easy to keep that going. And just, I mean, the people must love it. Like what kind of, you know, what kind of movies are people just like, Oh, I can't believe I'm so glad you spotlighted this shitty movie. Like, you know, what audience responses are you, you know, have you ever fired a dud? Have you ever picked a movie that you thought was bad? And everyone's like, fuck you. That's not bad at all. <laughs> it's been people don't really understand they see movie in my podcast name and they just go i love this movie i don't think they really realize what the podcast is even about anymore you know right. i did demolition man and people everyone freaked out about it so that's awesome at first people hated yeah first people hated me and thought i love this movie why would you even crap on it? i said no I'm, you don't understand i'm doing the movies that are so bad they're amazing i'm not Oh, so there is a segment that's like, um, so, so it's spectacularly bad. And so as long as you appreciate it as such, you both are on the same page. Like they actually like it legitimately without exploring that. Yeah, maybe it sucks. And you're like, no, it sucks, but it's still amazing. And at the very, yeah, you guys are, I love that the outcome's still the same. I mean, did you know that going in that even if the people love the movies, they're still going to love the fact that you're kind of talking about it in a way that's not you know, you're still appreciating it being spectacularly bad, right? Like, so are they kind of, even though they don't get it, they're still fans of yours. And are those fans of yours? Like, aren't there some people out there, like, you know, you're famous, uh, who did it? Um, Chappelle, you know, where, where yeah. he was like, you know, some of my fans weren't really getting, you know, they, they liked certain racist stuff I was doing, but not, they weren't getting the message behind it. And that kind of felt weird to him. So does it, is it just cool to have a lot of fans of your podcast or are you like, dude, you guys don't get it. And I don't like <laughs> producing this content yeah. for you if you're not going to get it. Right. At first, it was annoying because people were, yeah, trashing me. It's like, how dare you? It's my favorite movie ever. But now it's gotten to a certain point where they just see the movie first and go, oh, cool. Yeah, this movie. Good job. And they don't even, it's just a point where they're just fans of the podcast. It's just become a movie podcast. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter anymore. But yeah, I guess, really- you know, I've had some other movie podcast people on and they each have their own hook. So that's good. But like, you know, how do you make sure that it stands out? You know, are there, you know, is there any overlap, you know, like, there, you know, the reason why movie podcasts are so popular is because everybody watches and enjoys movies and things like that. But, you know, as a result, you have a lot of competition, kind of what was the thing you set out to do? Like, what, where was the, the dearth or the absence? Where was the opening where you're like, I've, I've seen all these movie podcasts and they're not talking about this. Or you're like, no, I just want to fucking talk about these movies. And if the fans come, the fans come. Yeah, no, it was trying to be kind of like, how did this get made a little bit? That was definitely my main inspiration in a little spin-off. And my primary goal, I mean, yes, there are movie podcasts that just talk about movies. My primary goal is because Midnight Movie Night, I'm trying to make these movies, take them and turn them into Midnight Movies, something like wow. Showgirls, something like The Room. These are movies that I have handpicked. And I think that these should be shown in theaters late at night and people should be dressed in drag and yelling at the screen. <laughs> and I think it would be amazing. And I'm very much excited. You know, I mean, well, can you do, are you going to do anything like that when COVID kind of re, you know, when everything reopens after COVID, is there any way that you can kind of get the rights to a couple of these things and show it in a park or something like that? Well, the thing, what I'm trying to do is, um, well, every, so every year on my birthday, uh, I have a pretty nice TV, not to brag, and I invite all my friends over, and what I do is that I force them to watch a bad movie on my birthday, the, yeah. the one that's so bad that it's good, and um, this year we did a little movie called From Justin to Kelly, and it's my favorite, and 
got a resounding response from everybody and it was so amazing and keep, not only that keep doing I, that but also grow that a bit you know invite the fans at some point i'm trying yeah i'm trying to slowly have parties it's been difficult <laughs> like yeah. but i think maybe once every few months i think i can maybe get some people and just have a little get together you know i'm just trying to i do trivia we have games it just recently by this uh, showgirls vip edition which has all sorts of drinking games and such does it really yeah or, is, and, or did uh, you just create them did you just uh with the api where like game producers would be like oh you can go on grand theft auto and jerk off or something like did you create the <laughs> vip version of showgirls and if not when are you going to do that <laughs> They um they have a pin the tassel on the Elizabeth Berkeley. <laughs> yeah, do they really? Yeah, it is. It's pretty fun. I got it from a record store down the it's, street. But you can do this. I mean, I think some people do that, don't they? Where like comics will go, you know, I think maybe um forgot where they did it. I thought it was maybe Freddy's Bar in Brooklyn. But I mean, have you kind of, you know, pulled some comics together for a live event that will kind of, you know, riff over movies, you know, like the, I don't know, bad, what was that? mystery science theater or 3000 or whatever yeah, like, right, right, right. movies or whatever like have you ever done any of that, and is that yeah like, um, like you and megan when you and megan are in the same let me think miss sweet <laughs> hold on let me look yeah megan sweet megan e sweet like, you guys are ever in the same area of the country yeah that's the only um it worked for covid it's gonna be a little difficult we're gonna try to do live shows because she is all the way in jersey we don't get to watch these movies together yeah but uh it is exciting <laughs> Hopefully she's trying to maybe come down sometime over the summer and then hopefully we'll do some sort of live shows. Cause after we just watched the village people musical, it really inspired me. I really do need to do like a live show of some sort. I really need to hopefully get some people and getting some fans together of the podcast and yeah, hopefully just do, do it live. That's my primary goal. I don't know if I have the following just yet, especially in LA and plus, you know, things are kind of sort of not happening right now. Yes. With Omicron. It's been a little difficult, but yeah. See, you, you're here at the Kevin underscore high singer. You're at the laugh factory. And so that's, uh, that that's me. when you're on stage, not talking about movies. What do you talk about on stage when you're not able to talk about movies? <laughs> with the short time they give me uh just some little one-liners that i've been working on for the past okay. seven years you know <laughs> not little one-liners i've been working on for the past seven years dude i, I love you even your pin tweet where the six movies that mission impossible tweet yeah yeah that's but, fucking uh, hilarious i'm gonna retweet that in about a second i appreciate that yeah it's hard on twitter it's been i just recently joined maybe a year ago and it's been it's hard. a lot of people if you have your twitter following you get a lot of retweets and a lot of likes that's cool but i feel like i'm a little late to the game i think i'm maybe a little 10 years too late but do, I, do I mean I, but some so it's a comedy community like um like you'll notice like first of all i'll be retweeting you like crazy because that's my job in life like that's why my twitter feed rules because all my former guests are being you know all their funny shits being retweeted on my feed all day long like thirty thousand retweets of only a couple hundred guests they love that shit uh, because yeah. when you look at their things like somebody has 50 likes and no retweets somebody has a hundred likes and no retweets and it's like are you fucking kidding me like and then you see like <laughs> i'm able to it. see like all the, the 15 former guests all liked it and you're like none of you right. thought to retweet this thing and i think i mean i've never talked to any of them about it and you know some of them are more generous than others but it's almost like an admission to your own followers that oh i'm retweeting it because this is funnier than anything i have yeah. and it's almost <laughs> like there's some guilt so like some shame associated with retweeting somebody else and i have no such shame but do you think i mean have Not you seen all. any of that in the comedy twitter no yeah i mean i've definitely a lot of tweets pop up i follow a lot of comedians and they're 
they don't really care. They retweet a lot of stuff. I definitely am one that retweets something that I think is funny. And that yeah. way it already has all the likes. So it looks like, you know, I'm somewhat gardening, garnering, you know, a following, yeah. even though I'm not. But it's, yeah, there's no shame in it. It's really, especially when a lot of, some tweets go viral, but then they don't really have a lot of followers. So it's just weird. I really, yeah. with everything, even with Instagram and Twitter, I never know. And what the algorithm is or what's going to blow up, what's going to go viral and what's not. I really just, there's no way to predict it. But I mean, when you look at even your, your following on, uh, on Instagram is pretty, pretty awesome. Like you have a great ratio. Right. So everybody follow me. It's Kevin underscore high singer on Twitter. I'm going to re- be retweeting all this funny stuff. And then oh, Kevin yeah. high singer on Instagram, but yeah, he also has midnight movie nights. Uh, on Instagram, where him and Megan Sweet, who's in Jersey, so hopefully I can get her on, uh, re, re, you know, just enjoy, just celebrate what's spectacularly bad about these movies, about these right. movies. So Kevin Heisinger, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me.